Hi guys, welcome back. <laughs> hey, what's up everybody? Uh, hey, welcome powerhouse people. I tried a new thing. My kids used to emulate uh, YouTubers and they would say, they would do these little pretend YouTube skits and they'd say, hi guys, welcome back every time. So I think I'm going to start, hi guys, welcome back. And <laughs> where are you, man? So my background is real. Hey, oh. check this out. That that's a real thing. It's yeah, not virtual. My hand hey, is weird. Never mind. I was gonna yeah. play the piano a little bit. Right. So this is the marina at Shangri-La in Monkey Island. Uh, there's some town around here, but um, it's called Monkey Island, and I guess the the lake is called like the Grand Lake or something. You know, I'm terrible at all these little details and stuff. But anyways, I'm at Shangri-La in Oklahoma. How about that? That's cool. And look, there's it. Which way? Oh, yeah. Oh, there's even fence. So not like the mythical city in Tibet or whatever. No, I didn't make it that far. Okay. So not that Shangri-La. Little... Yeah, yeah. So you haven't ascended, achieved oneness and ascended to the afterlife or whatever. Mm, nope. Doesn't okay. feel like it. Okay, just checking. Just checking. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I've been at the Thornton Fence Consulting uh, Fence Business Conference over here. So it's it's been pretty cool, man. There's a... Okay. Uh, you can still see me, right? Yes, sir. Okay. All right. I just swapped over and I'm looking at some pictures. Don't look at my coffee cup. Don't look at your. <laughs> yeah, you want to see? Okay. Oh. oh, no. So I have. Um, I've done it now, haven't it? I? Yep. Yep. For sure. So I don't really. I. I was going to kind of fake, like, I don't know what you've been doing, but honestly, like, aside from what Tor Torton, Tony, <laughs> what Tony Thornton told <laughs> Torton, what Torton told us about the event is all I know. So whatever we know from the show is all I know about what you're doing. Right. Um, so I was going to try to play like super dumb and be like, oh, hey, it's Dan. Where are you? What are you doing? What have you been up to? But the truth is, I really don't know. Right. So uh, can you see that? No, you cannot. Nope. All right. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, uh, we had Tony on the show a few weeks ago. I was trying to share my screen, but it tells me I have to quit and reopen Chrome. And I'm, that's going to be a little awkward. So. Um, I was going to share some pictures, but doesn't work. So, um, you know, we had Tony on the show a little bit ago and he kind of, I think we kind of talked about this event, right? And we've talked about it uh, like every week we've mentioned that I was going to be here. And so I'll, right. I'll kind of, uh, first of all, I, I was going to tell you about like my drive over here. So I drove from Memphis, Tennessee. And I went across Arkansas. I went up through Fayetteville, Arkansas, and I crossed over in like the very southwest corner of Missouri. Right. And I went through a little town called Noel, N-O-E-L, which is not Noel. It's Noel. And 
<clears throat> so I was on this two lane road from the interstate for probably about 10 miles. That's just like this windy mountain road going through the trees and everything. Um, what? And um, sorry to anyone who could hear that. I don't know if the notifications are coming through or not, but yeah, so it's just a little, I don't know how to turn them off. Yeah, sorry, we're not we're not professional yet. We just this isn't even my uh, computer. Like I, I mean, <laughs> my background isn't virtual is virtual and it's not real, but I'm not at my desk. So. Mm. <laughs> so I'm going through this little like windy mountain road as the sun's setting. So there's like this you know pink and orange sunset going on that's like shining through the trees and I'm on this little two lane mountain winding road. And it was pretty cool. And then I got like through the windy part and I came down in this little town, Knoll. And it's like a really old school town where like all the buildings are kind of just like stacked down the sides of Main Street. And so you cruise through there, they have Christmas lights everywhere. Did you freeze? Yeah, Zach is frozen. Um, so they have Christmas lights everywhere going down through there. And then I turn and I go up the side of the Elk River. So there's like this sheer rock face on one side and this little river on the other side. It was really cool. Um, so I just kind of wanted to share that. It was, it was some pretty nice scenery. And I thought, lovely. I thought, yeah, it is lovely. I thought it was going to be like a little shortcut, right? To where I got back to the interstate, but no. Right. So I stayed on two lane roads where the speed limit was 65 miles an hour on two lane roads all the way from Missouri to the Shangri-La resort. Like I never saw another. Beautiful. So it's kind of, Oklahoma. Yeah. Monkey Island, Oklahoma. Um, so the weather app, what does it say? Like, hold on. Afton, A-F-T-O-N. Okay. So I guess that's maybe the nearest town. I don't even know. Cool. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's it's pretty far off the beaten path over here. But, you know, there's like some little towns and stuff that you go through. And there's uh, there's some restaurants and stuff if you wanted to drive a little bit away from, away from the resort. But, I mean, man, we were pretty much here the whole time. So it was just a... I think there was there was around 90 people that came out here. So it was just like the whole group of 90 of us was almost the entire resort because it's their off season. So like anywhere you went when you saw people, like they were all fence people, which was pretty cool. Um, and so anytime you go to like an AFA event, FWA event, you know, any of that here, I mean, half of what you're getting is just networking or right building community as as they like to call it which is really enjoyable i mean you get you get to like rub shoulders with you know the the who's who of the fence industry here i mean there was like anybody that you see on social media any of the you know podcast people that that type of media people i mean all of the the quote, influencers of the fence industry, I guess, you know, they were all here. I mean, a ton of, you know, people that own fence businesses, like almost everyone in the room owned their company. So, I mean, it was like the, the whole networking aspect of it and, you know, the social side of it was pretty amazing too. But, um, so I have a lot of notes that I wrote 
I mean, I wrote like six or eight or 10, I mean, pages of notes. And so for anyone who can't see, like this is a whole notepad. You okay there? Yeah, they're like, have, there's a pretty, an ongoing discussion going here in the office through Teams. And that's why I keep getting these notifications from. Oh, just so close Teams, to... man. Huh? Just close Teams. Oh, I muted it. I think it's set to have notifications. I'm pretty sure I signed it. <coughs> Sorry. Sorry for coughing. I have, uh, I have been got like a sinus infection and this kind of junk going on too. You think that's just because like we go to a different climate, we get that? Probably. Oh, now I got an email. Um, so, I mean, the weather's similar here, but, you know, definitely like the humidity is different and stuff. But yeah, so I do, I took some pictures and stuff like that. And of course, I mean, anyone on social media in any of the fence groups, like you've seen pictures of, of everyone here. But yeah, so it was like three days of classes. The classes, so breakfast started at seven. The classes started at eight and then they ended theoretically around like five. Um, so Monday, yeah, I think the days all kind of run together. But I think Monday there was like a, an added on class that was for gate safety. Right. Oh, nice. So there was there was recently a fatal event where a gate fell and it crushed a child, which led to the child's death, unfortunately. Right. Like our worst nightmare or right. worst we, case scenario. The reason, the reason we over engineer things is to save for that happening. Right. And so is that why you asked pictures for the for the tag gate? It is. Cool. It is. Yeah. So we just installed a gate and there was what some like half or five eighths solid bar that we just kind of bent loops and, you know, wrapped them around the gate uprights and welded it that way. If the hinges did fail, then that was like a secondary catch. Right. So I we've done that several, several times on bigger gates. But I think uh, my opinion, we as an industry all probably need to kind of step that up a little bit and put some fail safes in. Right. Cause I mean, right now, currently there are the, the means to prevent impingement. And that's pretty much what we really think about most of the time. We don't really think what if the hinge fails and this thing literally falls off. Right. Or, um, the, the gate that, that failed recently was a V track gate and it right. went past the stops and it fell. And, um, so, so that's fine. Like we can do a lot of things and we all should do things on new gates, right. To prevent failures and stuff like that. Like we've had a couple of V track gates that fell, um, you know, after they were installed and it was all because of the negligence and misuse of the end user though. Right. right. So it was one of those situations where they'll just like take the gate and sling it or, you know, just kind of like shove it and let it roll on its own. And it just boom against the catches, um, both going opened and closed. So it's not really 
it wasn't like we didn't really do anything wrong because we installed the gate properly and you know we had catches and safeties and all that stuff on it but just that constant abuse right. caused the the catches to fail and i think that so that's where the issue lies right we can we as an industry can step up we can do things on gates when they're installed new and so like the hoops that we bent those don't even touch the gate right so they're not a wear item they're not anything else the hinges have to fail and the gate has to fall for it to catch it so that's i think the key piece of it is it can't be something that's going to wear over time because right. <clears throat> friction stops if you will are resisting the force of the gate over and over and over i mean so that's right and ultimately most of it is all just a piece of metal and you know you right. can only bang on a piece of metal so many times um so you know that that's a big part of the conversation is like okay we can do stuff when it's new we all need to step up and do stuff when the gates are new but what are we going to do five ten fifteen years down the road you know who's going to inspect the gates and all of that so I, my personal opinion a big piece of that is just consumer education and like right. letting them know that hey this gate failing is a possibility if it's abused if it's misused all of that stuff so um that way you know at least it's something that consumers are aware of and you know maybe they can kind of look out for it and i'm sure there will be maintenance plans and things like that that come along as a result of this movement that's happening in the industry right now right <clears throat> but there so there's resources out there this is what tony did he has ul325 and astm f2200 standards put into a book um, so the back side of this book has a checklist just to make sure that you know everything is up to the standards that are available and he kind of i mean this thing is like it's quite a few pages and it's got cool. a ton of information and stuff in it and i think that's available on his website i'm pretty sure so I think it's on uh, the Thornton Fence Consulting website. I know here's a, another publication from, it says AFA and DASMA on the bottom. So there, there are things happening right now to try to improve gate safety and to try to at least get everybody heading in the right direction and thinking about it. So we have to that that'll be a thing that we talk about internally over the the coming weeks is trying to put in some safety measures and stuff like that and basically come up with what those safety measures are going to be because a swing gate like that that's fairly easy um you know lock and ox makes tethers that is basically a, a steel cable that attaches to the the gate post and the gate upright and that way, in the event of a hinge failure, that tether catches the gates. But when you start getting into V-track gates and cantilever gates and things like that is where you where you get a, a little bit more difficult. You good? Uh, my camera's super laggy, so. Yeah, I can tell. Yeah, it's really weird. Yeah. Yeah, everything's cool. Yeah, I'm in okay. I'm into that, man. I mean <clears throat> that's been a big part of our my, 
of my mindset since I hired on this year was developing, standardizing some processes or developing standards as far as fabrication is concerned. And so now, obviously, safety is a huge one. Yeah. I, I can't conscionably hang a 30-foot, uh, you know, single gate. 60 foot double swing gate walk away and be like well after a year as long as the paint hadn't peeled we're absolved of all responsibility i right i, I mean i i just don't think like that you know i mean right. I, honestly especially if i'm selling a product that i would like to say will last for a lifetime then it needs to also not only function for that lifetime but be safe and secure that it's not going to injure someone mm-hmm yeah, absolutely. And that's the key of it is the lifetime piece. Right. Like what yeah. happens five years from now? I mean, and yeah. so that's part of why what happen what happens when it's been hit by a truck or a bus or a car four right. times? Well, and then how do we if we get that call, how do we replace or maintenance or whatever? I mean, there's a ton of of that. I don't I don't my intention is not to sell a product that once we're done and you sign off, we walk away and never speak to the customer again. That's not, mm -hmm. that's not our business model. So right. uh, I think, and we've been doing things like that, not so much in the safety aspect, but as far as, you know, at one point in time, we were using two by two square tube for gate posts. And then we sized up to like two and a half because it looked like over time, the, the wall would give a little bit and the fence would kind of shake some. And then, so then we stepped up, all the posts, line posts, even to two and a half by two and a half. Now we've gone up to three inch by three inch. And that's just like one of the examples of ways that we've seen like, hey, this two by two, it works for the first year, but over time it kind of gets a little wiggly. So, yep. Yeah. Then, so we've seen like, you know, opportunities for improvement in our own organization. And like, like Zach said, I mean, that's just our standard. Right. And, you know, we're kind of of the of, of the position that, you know, customer, this is the way we do it. And if that's not the way you want it, then you're going to have to find someone else to do it. Right. Well, and I got to say, digress a little bit, though, a little wiggly pales in comparison to the severity of potential injury or death, you know. So yeah. if, if I'm willing to take some extra expense to ensure a good product at, in response to a little wiggly, which is kind of a cute example compared to the, you know, a child dying. So mm -hmm. I think that's something to really take serious. Um, yeah. And I will also say the people in this room thought it was something to take serious as well. There was a lot of pretty passionate conversation. We'll say it was, it has since been dubbed the great gate debate. Oh, wow. Is, uh, yeah. Yeah. Doesn't so, sound like there's much room for debate. If there's someone, who, if there's an opposing argument to improving safety standards. Um, so that's some, not. I have some choice words for that person. <laughs> right. Right. That That's not the conversation. The, right. the debate is how to do it. Right now, and just, what to do? You know, everyone unanimously agrees this is unacceptable. This is not what we, as an industry, can, will continue to do. We're going to make changes today, but the debate comes in of how are we going to make those changes, and how are we going to make sure that people are doing things up to par? 
Um, so that that's kind of the the piece that's out there. But everyone who's listening to this thing, you can make changes today. You can put in some kind of fail safe that's going to be on gates that if it breaks, something's going to catch that gate. Right. Right. And so that's what we'll do. I mean, in fact, as we talked about, like we've already started doing things like that. I'm looking forward to our internal uh, great gate debate. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Me too. Between the two of us when it comes to engineering and the design of these safeties, because both of us are so uh, meticulous and adamant about, I don't want to, I don't, I want you to be safe, but you not to see the safety mechanism. Or the safety mechanism has to be aesthetically pleasing right let's say well yeah right i don't want it to be like oh well that big giant shiny cable on your black gate is there because it's got to be there right because your gate might fail in 10 years you know i I think that's kind of a hard sell to a customer and i mean in fact um i'm sure i don't know this to be a fact so don't quote me on this but I'm sure that we've had customers in the past remove self-closing devices from pool gates and things like that because they mm-hmm. didn't want it. And so we don't want the safety measures to be that, right? We don't want it to be something that the customer is going to go out there and remove because it's ugly. So very good point, sir. Very good point. Hmm. Well, what else, man? Y'all did. <laughs> so um, right now. Speak about fence with fence when do what so you attend essentially attended class for three days yeah so with like i told you um the the class is a part of it the networking or community building is another part of it by network two different things by networking you mean fishing in that lake behind you from uh renting boats from the marina and going fishing no, mainly the networking was a bunch of people sitting around somewhere with an alcoholic beverage in their hand. All right, show me your new tattoo. Uh, I can't show it on camera. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, right. so networking. You know, I, I, um, you know, I don't drink, so like it's. I was there, and like Monday night. So Monday, breakfast started at seven. I probably oh, got, were there cigars. Yeah. We did talk so once, I, and, I, and you said you'd been up later than usual or whatever, and I was like... A yeah, little well, later you, than usual. So you spent the all night in a cigar lounge with the guys from the show, basically. So, I'll, well, let me... I'll tell you this story, and it's pretty entertaining. So for those of you who missed it, this is the kind of stuff you get when you're here, right? So Monday, I went down about 7.30. Breakfast was from 7 to 8. I went down about 7.30... Um, you know, hung out for a minute, drank some coffee, and then we went in, started at eight o'clock. And <clears throat> then we break for lunch. Lunch was provided for us every day. So everyone went over to a room and, you know, all mingled and sat at tables and broke bread together. We go back in, complete the day, have the great gate debate. Once that's done, we leave, go to the bar, continue the great gate debate. And then the bar closes. And so like an hour and a half after the bar closes, they finally just like kick us out of there. Right. They're like, y'all have to go somewhere else. Right. So So we go outside. As a result of fence workers everywhere, bars are now limiting conversation. Not you can't, it's not, 
not only is it politics or religion, now you can't talk about gates and bars either as a result right. of you guys. Great gates. Well, no so great gates, mate. Bars everywhere. <laughs> I, I think there will, you just froze with your hands up. That's pretty funny. Um, so I, I think that they'll at least install some some like decibel meters in there. And once you exceed a certain. <laughs> I'm not. Actually, you... I thought I wasn't frozen, but I was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you were. Um, so anyway, so we leave the bar, we go outside to a fire pit. So we sit out at the fire pit. Eventually, someone comes out there, and I mean, it's it was pretty chilly. You know, it was probably thirty degrees, or maybe a little thirty-two degrees, something like that. So we're sitting out at this fire pit, and eventually, somebody just walks over and turns it off. And so, of course, the whole group of people are like, "Oh, well, now it's time to go." And <clears throat> so we go back inside, and we find like this little lounge area. So then about 15 minutes later, somebody comes over and they're like, y'all cannot be sitting here. Y'all are way too loud. There's wow. hotel rooms in here. And so we once again relocated to another place that they just either gave up or left us alone or whatever you want to say there. And so about I headed up to the room probably around 3.30 Tuesday morning. And there were still people down there. So it was, you know, four o'clock or so Very when cool. I went to bed. And then we got up again Tuesday morning and went back at it. So, but um, yeah, so man, I wrote down, like I said, five or six pages worth of notes, made some connections. And I, I set up, you know, some like training stuff and some coaching stuff whenever I was yeah. here. How so did that... You're... How did your panel go? You had a little spot talk on a panel. Was it 15, mm. 30 minute segment? How long was it? Yeah. So we. Did you freeze? Not me. <laughs> so we, you know, Justin Judy is, as we've decided, like a robot. defense I mean, software expert, right? Yeah. And <clears throat> so Lovely he guy. talked about, he talked about, you know, technology in general is, is kind of his thing. And he goes up and he kind of starts running through all of this stuff. We all had all of the software companies or well, not all of them, but I, I don't know. A lot of software companies were here. A lot of them had slides in his presentations, those that were here and some that were not here. And so we were able to kind of like stand up and talk for a minute about our software. And then after that, we all went to the front of the room and we all sat down and it was just like a Q&A session. And so people would ask a question and there was, I don't know, five of us or something like that sitting at the front of the room, five or six. And so when someone in the, the audience asked a question, we would basically go down the line and everyone would answer the question. And so, and then the next question, it would start the other direction. And they were even go, more confused than when you started. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Here's five so, completely different answers for your question. That's right. But you know, fortunately, it was mainly about it, it was just kind of like general questions. Right. And if they had specific questions for any of us, then any, they came and found us after the fact. And we talked for a bit. brain busters. Did you ever find yourself stumped? Did you ever say, oh, I, I don't know, or I find myself stumped all the time, man. 
<laughs> that's nothing new. I'm constantly stumped. I have a story. If you'll allow a story with Zach Shoot. All right, let's do it. So a friend of mine, we I went to a wedding a couple weeks ago, and my friend was complaining before the wedding about a suit not fitting. And I saw him at the wedding and was like, is that the suit that doesn't fit, you know? And he said, yeah, it's too small. I'm barely holding it in. It's painful. And I was like, ah, yeah, I know that. I know that feeling, but not as it pertains to a suit, you know? Uh, I can't imagine being in front of that, in that situation being asked as a professional to give my opinion. It feels like a lot of pressure. I mean, you know? Yep. And I know when you were asked, you were kind of like, uh, yeah, I'll do it. Um, I don't know yeah. what, but yeah, no, it, I mean, just going in and like, Hey, some people are going to ask you questions and there's going to be 90 people in the room. Good luck. And it's kind of a, it, it is a little bit of a nervous thing, you know, well, they didn't you throw really know. Fruit though, right? Do what? They didn't throw expired fruit. Um, no, I don't think anyone threw any rotten tomatoes at us. <laughs> cool. So, <clears throat> I, I wish y'all could see, I wish y'all could see my camera setup I have right now. Um, so my hotel room, it has, uh, it has like a living room and a patio outside and a kitchen and, you know, of course a bathroom and a bedroom. And so I, I'm sitting here, this on a, at the bar and the camera, whenever I put my laptop on the bar was just looking up at the sky. And I was like, no, nah, that's not what I want. Like I wanted to be able to see the Marina and the lake and you know, the mountains and all this stuff behind me. So I was kind of like looking around the room, what am I going to sit this thing on? So I unplugged the microwave and carried the microwave over here. And I now have my laptop sitting on top of the microwave so that I could get the right camera angle. Right. You like, can make yourself a hot pocket and be on the camera simultaneously. That's right. Exactly. You can fix your food and talk at the same time without even having to move. So that's pretty snazzy. I don't, yeah. The lower. So I kind of, of failed. I, I kind of failed from media perspective since I've been here in that I didn't really produce anything. Like this were is you, the one thing. Were you allowed to? So that was one. Did. Did anyone record the panel where there were people recording? So there was, uh, it's like JRL or Joran. What well, I, I think the name of the company is JRL. And, you know, they're a, they're a media outfit and they do a lot of stuff in the fence industry. They're in the same town as Sean King, you know, Mr. Right. Fence and all yep. that. And uh, they travel around and they produce a lot of really amazing videos and stuff like that for people in the fence world. Um, and <clears throat> so just kind of to get a little bit deeper into that real quick. So what they'll do, like if we wanted them to make us a video, what they would do is they would like subcontract local videographers and tell them what kind of shots and everything they want. And these people would go out and film all the shots and then send the footage back to JRL they'll edit it, they'll make it into videos. And it, I mean, I've seen a lot of the stuff that they did and it was really awesome. But anyways, so they had a whole crew here. And I mean, they were going around with cameras and interviewing people and stuff. Right. You're they produce. It's just not, I know. 
So there, there will be content that comes out of here that was produced by them, but I didn't personally make any. Sure, sure, sure. There was, um, I know I, I saw the other podcasters did some interviews. I think uh, it seemed like Dan Wheeler did about 42 interviews with people while he was here. So, right. And I'm, I'm sure the other ones were doing them as well. But yeah, all, no, all I kind of. Yeah, no. I think there's 25 now. Last time I checked. Right, right. Anyone in the fence industry? What's that? Any 72 Dan's who have fence podcasts. (laughs) Anyone in the fence industry named Dan? 98 now. Right. Everyone in the fence industry named Dan is required to have a podcast. So it's not an option. Like you have to do it apparently. But um, yeah, man, it was cool. I don't know. How much I, I don't really want to like get into all of the stuff that I learned too much. Um, it's a lot. Like, so for those of you who don't remember or haven't listened to our introduction or anything, like I was born in the fence industry, right? Um, so I've I've done this since I was alive. And there was still a lot, I mean, I still wrote, you know, six or eight pages of notes down. And I mean, man, I made myself like I have things to do. And I was like, yep, we have not done that. We need to do that. And like, I got it all pumped up about it. I was like, at, at the end of the sessions, I'd be like, man, I'm about to go to my room right now and like get to work on this stuff. Right. And told Michael, so I, Michael's <clears throat> in here. He can overhear the video. He's laughing. I told him, I said, wait, wait till Dan gets back from this conference, man. We're going to have a whole new uh business organization and structure you know like everything yeah, right. that we're talking about the way we do things right now is going to all change uh come next <laughs> monday morning right yeah yeah so it's cool um so i i bought the fence company from dad 10 and a half years ago right congratulations just this weekend uh, yeah yeah this weekend no <laughs> so i mean we kind of have our way of doing things and like my point in all of this is to me, no matter how long you've been in this, you can come to this stuff and you can benefit from it, right? I mean, again, I'm a lifelong fence guy. That's all I've ever done. I've never had a job doing anything else. And, you know, no matter who you are, you come here, you're going to learn things. You're going to pick up something. And you might sit and listen to a two-hour long presentation, and there's only 10 minutes of it that's like really profitable, beneficial to you, that may be the case, but that 10 minutes makes it worthwhile coming here. Right. And then sitting around talking to people about, you know, how does your business operate? You know, what, what kind of jobs, I mean, I was, I was talking to some people last night and they were telling me about some jobs that they did that were surprisingly profitable. And they're like, man, I would go everywhere doing this exact job that I did because like we knocked it out. We made the best money we've ever made. Right. You know, and hearing stuff like that and what they were talking about was something I never would have thought about. Uh, But, you know, I mean, that kind of stuff. I mean, you just you're not going to get that sitting at home. You're maybe going to get little pieces of it here and there if you listen to stuff like this or you know, other people's right, podcasts, watch to, videos. I'm going to try to frame our podcast like that. So stay tuned, people. You may have to put up with 45 minutes of our banter to get one minute of actual helpful information. But I assure you, it's in there. 
<laughs> you'll you'll get something somewhere one of these days. Eventually, hang in there. Yep, yep. So, um, I personally was presented with some opportunities while I was here, which is pretty cool. And so, you know, it's kind of a unique thing for me because, like, I have a fence company, so I benefit from that side of it. I have a software company. For anyone who doesn't know, like Simpolo right here is a software. So, you know, obviously networking and like promoting that is beneficial, but also this podcast. So like I'm, I got three things going on whenever I come to this type of stuff and man, I, so, you know, the Thornton Fence Consulting Group, they've already, they have their schedule for next year. And so they're doing two of the super summits, uh, one in the spring, one in the fall. And I told Alyssa. I was like, I'd really like to go to both of those and take someone with me to both of them. All right. Dude, what my video doing, is man? crazy. I don't know. I know. It, what are you just like <laughs> playing with it? <laughs> I, I've just casually made normal movements, but in slow motion, they look really awkward. All right. It's like your frame rate is three. Did I just, I think you were in the middle of proposing to me and asking me to go with you to the next conference on camera. Yeah. So what I'm yep. really trying to say, Zach, is would you please, I'm on one mm -hmm. knee, would you please go to with me to the Prince conference? Well, I got to figure out who, <laughs> right? So I, I'd like to take a different person with me every time is what no, I'm saying. I, I'm, oh, I agree with that. I think because even like you say, like what you take from these things with obviously with different life experience, we have different perspectives. So what I deem valuable, another person within uh, the organization may ha have a different perspective and collect and take in different informations and, you know, different important things that we need to do. Yeah. And, you know, everyone kind of has like their department and their job. Holy right. cow. Your camera I'm just back. called up with like the last three minutes of lagging that was crazy i know isn't that wild so that's, no, you that's know really how i live life actually that what that's just what i look like on a daily basis <laughs> yeah so well, i think you know people in our organization like you said man everyone's a little different and like what people take away from it is going to be a little different so yeah it so i've been to you know the big trade shows obviously I've never been to an event like this, like a smaller group. I mean, just a date. I want to offer you a, a word there, uh, an adjective, intimate. Intimate? I thought about that, but I refuse <laughs> to say it. <laughs> I won't make fun of you. It's okay. This, lang this language is all right. It's safe. This is safe space. <laughs> so this um, event I'm at is happening again next year, too. And, I mean, it's in December. I don't first or second week of December again next year. And like, to me, there's no reason people shouldn't come. Right. I, I think the event next year will sell out because this hotel has a limited number of rooms. Um, I think there's like 107 rooms or something like that here. And this year, I think there was around 90 people registered. Uh, there are Airbnbs around and stuff like that. Oh. So, but I, I mean, I think it'll sell out next year. So, if you want to go, I would suggest that you get on registering as soon as it's available. 
uh, you know, probably don't wait till the last minute and be like, yeah, I'm going to go and it's sold out. I, and they may not sell it out. They may just keep selling tickets until people stop buying them. I don't know. I'm sure all of that information will come, but I, I definitely would suggest everyone to, to be here. It was good. Well, you got any closing remarks? I, you're on vacation. I'm actually at work. So. Oh, you have things to do? Yeah. So one one thing the the wind phrase boss, like sorry boss I can't talk to you I gotta go work for you and right right but the, I'm working for you kind of right now I'd just so rather there, not be doing this anymore if that's all right there there was a couple phrases that I want to throw out that were really that were really I don't know impactful to me okay and one of them again most of the people in the room were people either running or that owned fence companies. And the first speaker, Barry Willingham, right out of the gate, one of the things he said was become the most irrelevant person in your organization. And so I, I thought that to me, that was pretty impactful. Like you build your systems and your processes and, you know, put people in the right place right. and you train them and you become the most irrelevant person in the organization. I've heard Matt Warner talk about that, where like sometimes he goes to work and he's like, what am I, what do I do? You know, so there are people out there that have done it. And anyone who knows Matt Warner, he's not going to sit around and do nothing just for the record. But like, you know, he has a really good team and systems and processes and stuff like that. So that was that was that was a pretty impactful statement to me. And then another one, I, it wasn't even like it was just something I picked up. Right. It was not the point of his conversation. But again, you pick up these weird little things that mean something to me and, you know, everyone else in the room may have not even cared about it, but he put a slide up there and it was like a meme or whatever. And it, it said, can't remember if it said this, but like deliver. Wow. It for sure said, wow. I don't know if it said deliver, but like to me, deliver. Wow. Right. And so everything you do, your initial phone conversation with the customer your appointment with the customer, your estimate, when you sell the job, all of that. Just try to think, how can you deliver wow? Right. Right. You, your organization, your interaction, all of that is so much different that the customer walks away and their reaction is wow. Like that, that was, that's definitely something that like I've tried to figure out how to do over the years and like tried to stand out from people and all of that. But, you know, so that that's just a couple of little things that I heard. And I'm sure in the coming weeks, like I'll, I'll talk more about things that I've heard here. But this is kind of my immediately after it ended. This is my reaction. I think uh, we all parted ways probably around nine o'clock or so last night and so we got up this morning and I packed and here we are talking about it before I hit the road. Right. Cool, man. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. But it's good. I don't know. Uh, do you have any questions about anything? Like you've asked some questions. No, no, that's it. Leave me alone. I'm going back to work. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's time. Yeah. Uh, not really. I think we can unpack some of this a little bit further. I'm sure we'll start trying to implement some of this and defining, I mean, deliver. Wow. Sounds that's great. I mean, packaging is pretty, but you got to really do some serious R and D to develop the product on the inside or whatever, you know, 
So I'm sure yeah. we'll kind of get into some of that further in further detail in future podcasts where we're talking about what does that process mean? And since you've been gone, I've been working a little bit on my Monday board to further or dig a little bit deeper into our bid process to help me deliver wow. Because if you're, I mean, it's easy for, I guess this delivering wow uh, is a tall order if you're not organized. And, and that's where I think things kind of fall through. Like if you don't have the time to commit to the first phone call because you're too busy juggling some other thing that is at risk of falling apart already or whatever, you know, and that's kind of what that is. is in the same way that as an owner, you want to uh, make yourself as uh, what useless or whatever you said. It, irrelevant. Irrelevant. Same thing. Mm. Uh, you know, that part of that is delegation. And I think in order to deliver, wow, we have to have some internal compartmentalization so that each person can deal with that part of the process uh, 100%. You know, I mean, yeah. and obviously there is a mindset there. Like I mentioned, I'm too busy. I got to get off the podcast. Obviously, I don't right. want to exhibit that the spirit of that to our customer. I don't want my customer to think I'm too busy to talk to you right now. I got to go to to the next customer. I'll be too busy for. Hold on. You know, so. Yeah. 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 So it starts with a mindset, but then there are some practical steps or steps to practical application that we're going to be following. And I think that is a whole that's a podcast that's an episode not a it is and so kind of like to your point in order for me to have a company that can consistently deliver well like i need the right people in place but they need the proper training and in order for me to do that i need to clearly define like our workflows exactly right and i need to clearly define our company values and our mission as a company and i have to put all of these processes in writing did i ever tell you i was uh i worked at the ego waffle factory mm, i don't i don't think maybe you like I how i take these seemingly completely irrelevant or unrelated stories and turning them turn them into something that pertains to the podcast so my my job at the Ego Waffle Factory was to ensure that each Ego Waffle uh, customer was wowed when they opened the package, by way of ensuring that all of the waffles were complete circles, and they were, <laughs> were not incomplete waffles, right? But so, uh -huh. I, but every person had a job. There were stations; those stations were clearly defined, and that waffle didn't leave that station prior to being completed, you know? And mm -hmm. so I think we can take a, a good look at kind of the manufacturing or, you know, uh, production industries to even implement processes in the office. Right. You know? So don't, yeah, so all the documents this, signed, don't order a single piece of material, you know? Well, even, even further than that, like if you set up your your office workflow like a production right. line. So, you know, the person that answers the phone is step one. Here's right. the four things you need to know before that person gets off the phone with you. Right. right? And I mean, make that into a checklist. So, and that's sitting on everyone's who answers the phone. It's sitting on their desk. These are the four things you have to do every time the phone rings. Right. So I've been yeah. working yesterday. I spent about three hours designating that like 
step by step for myself and then yeah. making it making it an item in Monday, which is the uh, project management, quote unquote, project management software I'm using. So yeah. new lead has checked this box. Did you get their name? Did you get their number? Did you get their email? Did you get their the job description? Did you get the how, contact name of the person? You how know? about this? What's the source of the lead? That's a, that is data we have yet to start collecting. So we, we have off and on, but we do not collect that data right now. Right. The last time we did it was when we still did a residential fence and which, you know, has been, we haven't done at all this year. And so it, it's been at least a year ago since we collected any of that information, but yeah. So right. things like that. And like I said, a lot of that is, is up to me. So like, that is my objective for 2024. Whew, what a relief. Yeah. Well, I didn't say I was going to personally do every bit of it. No, no. But to generate the idea in itself, I, I, I often am like, here are some things that I think we could improve on, but I, and I'm the one who's responsible for de you know, designating this process. Uh, right. I think that's funny. I said, we could unpack some of this in a, a further podcast and then i went ahead and went for it so yeah then we just like dove into unpacking so right but so, i think we should include the powerhouse fence show on one of our brainstorms in your office so they can get some insight into what that looks like so just like record yeah that's cool just set up a, a microphone and camera in the office and just record the whole meeting it might uh, cause me to take things a little more serious and relieve us of some of that random banter that happens periodically. <laughs> Get rid but of Zach's goofiness. <laughs> yeah, the class. I mean, I think it's necessary. Some of that yep. class clown really helps to loosen the, the vibe so people feel comfortable participating. It's hard to throw an idea out in the room full of professionals. Right. You know, I mean, so to get to the meat, it's sometimes necessary, I think, to kind of lubricate the situation with humor. Yeah, yeah. Dude, your camera is driving me nuts. Uh, me too. Me too. So, I mean, I don't even like myself anymore. So I, <laughs> I don't even know what's going on, but it's crazy. All right. So we'll get more into that in the coming weeks and months and all of that stuff. But for now, yeah. what I can say, the goal for next year is to have a clearly defined vision, values, mission, and processes. Right. In writing, get away from the tribe knowledge kind of mentality that, that we have in a lot of things like, you know, oh, we just know whenever this happens, this is what we're supposed to do. Like, no, <laughs> put that crap in writing. So. Right. You didn't so, yeah. know? You didn't know the everything that everybody else knows? I mean, yeah. how do you not know? Right. You didn't know right. that? That's how we always do it. And, you know, we've done some of that with, like, train Yule. Right. I mean, there is some stuff in there, but, like, we, we really need to get back to that and step up our game. And so that's our that's our, our focus for the coming year. So Cool. And I think what we're going to do is we're going to make some goals for the year, right? We're going to write them down. And that can be two goals or it can be 20 goals or whatever. But I would also challenge anyone listening to that to do the same thing. 
you know, maybe you have personal goals or financial goals or business goals or whatever that may be, write it down somewhere and stick it on the refrigerator or the wall. And that way, like it's a constant reminder. And you, it, I think it also will like give us some pressure of when you walk by and you see it. So what is going on with the cameraman? I know it's terrible. But all right, I'm about to end this thing. Thanks for listening. We'll talk more about it in the in the coming episodes and all that stuff. And get us we'll... some content from your drive back. Run the GoPro and get us your drive through no Noel. Yeah, yeah, no, it was really cool. I might do that. Sounds epic. Yeah. Unless you come through in the dark tonight. So no, no, it's not gonna be dark tonight. I need to be back in Memphis by dark tonight. So all right. I'm, uh, cool. It's definitely gonna be daylight, but I don't think it's quite going to catch the essence of it that I had whenever it was dark or whenever right. the sun was setting over the horizon and all that stuff. I did get some cool sunrise pictures out of my, off of my balcony out here. Cool. So yeah, maybe we'll uh, do a little we'll montage. Put, yeah. Yeah. We'll get it all to Alaria and get her to make a montage thing. Like you said, and you know, we'll post that so everybody can at least see some pictures and stuff. Well, thanks for checking in, man. And thanks for all of the people who are going to watch this video. Thank you, guys. Y'all are the ones who keep us in business or keep us doing keep what us we're going. doing. Give us the fuel to do any of this. It really, honestly, I think that we are doing a kind of a, a video log of our processes and everything. It, it really is a, like some measure of accountability to follow through with these goals and stuff that we're setting for ourselves. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. just put it out to the world, what the 2024 goals were for us. Hey, there's an idea. What if you come up with your own goals and you just put it on social media or, you know, something like that. And that way you just put it out to the world. Like this is what I'm doing in 2024. Right. <laughs> By August, I'll be in the bed with a tub of ice cream. <laughs> But that's okay uh, too, you know. I'm I might be in bed with a tub of ice cream tonight. So <laughs> <laughs> still accomplishing goals, crushing yep. ice cream, crushing goals, baby. That's right. Enjoy. All right. Well, thank thanks for joining me, Zach. Thanks for everyone listening, and uh, we'll see you next week. Right in time for me to unfreeze. Bye, everybody. Thanks Bye. for our powerhouse listeners. Later, man. Powerhousers. Yeah. <laughs>